love the country, I love the people. We have, we have, we obviously we do have many, many, many problems, and and crime is obviously the worst of all the, all the problems. And you know, I'm I'm not naive about it, but as long as I can stay in this country and make a difference, and I'm I'm gonna stay here. Hello and welcome to Expedition Business, where we discuss the highs and lows of our inspirational entrepreneurs and how on earth they keep the flame of business adventure burning. My name is Christelle Rosley Fenter and today I have the insane privilege of talking to Corne Krieger, who is remembered for his heroics as Springbok captain of 18 games and an impressive 39 Springbok caps in total. But before we get to Corne, I would like to remind you to please subscribe to Expedition Business on your favorite podcast platform and share it with all your friends and family. Today's episode was made possible by New Echo Solar, your number one solar supplier in Gauteng. And I might add the reason why we have power right now, thanks to a power cut for the last 14 hours and counting. But back to why we are here today. Corne Krieger, welcome to Expedition Business, where strangely enough we are not going to talk about rugby today, but about the highs and lows of your business adventures. Thanks very much, Christelle. Yeah, nice to nice to chat to you. Yes, it is. It is an amazing privilege to have a time to speak to you. But I suppose it is quite strange not to talk about rugby with the Rugby World Cup just around the corner. I assume everyone wants your predictions. Yeah, there's a lot of people looking for predictions and I, I can tell you that this is probably the most open World Cup we'll, we, we've ever seen. So. Um, it's very hard to predict, but uh, we always believe in South Africa and hopefully they can do it for us again. Well, nothing is impossible, they say. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, saying that we're not going to speak about rugby, I assume that your rugby career and your hero status in our rugby crazy country does help a little bit in your business activities. It's, it's a very interesting um, scenario because, you know, I, I did play a very, very long time ago. And um, there's a lot of young people in business these days that, you know, are not necessarily crazy about rugby. So I can possibly say yes and, and, and to a certain extent no as well. You know, um, it did help in the beginning. Obviously, it, it helps. Um, I can get meetings, but... What I did realize very early, early on was that if somebody gives you an opportunity, the, the pressure is really on because you need to make it work, you know. Mm. So it's been, a, it's been a very interesting journey and probably one of the, one of the toughest things I've, I've done in my life is, is change from, from being a, a, a rugby player mm-hmm. as a career and then change, and, and change that to, to become a businessman. Why would that be difficult for you? I've, I've, you know, in a way, it's like asking a dentist to become a 
uh, a physio. You know, uh-huh. it's it's totally different um, from from rugby and from from playing professional sport. There are certain things that sport and and rugby taught me, mm. but it doesn't necessarily help you in, in business. You know, so obviously discipline. You know, not giving up. All those things that rugby taught you that does definitely help you know being able to just grind things out just believing in yourself you know not not losing hope um you know all those things help but but day-to-day running a business um dealing with people uh, personalities that type of stuff i that's the part i enjoy Mm -hmm. but the day-to-day you know operations wise it's 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 hard because if it's if you're not wired for it you know you need to be able to employ somebody who can do it for you. So, yeah. I think one of the one of the good signs of a of a good leader is is when you realize where you are weak, mm. and then employ people where you're weak. You know, so um, that you don't try and do everything yourself. So, yeah, it's been a very very interesting journey. And I suppose when the emotions run high, you can't hit but the person you don't like. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, it was, one of, it was uh, and it's not a joke, it really is, you know, it's like, uh, in, in the beginning, I really struggled with that, you know, so that's why it's very important for us as rugby players, that you have a vent, you know, that you have a, a sport, boxing, or in my case, it's mountain biking, that you mm-hmm. have something that where you can get rid of your frustrations, you know, where you can actually just, you know, get, get out and do something that, that gets adrenaline pumping. And cleans your mind, you know. So, yeah, you, you're right. In 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 the past, if there was a if there was a dispute, it was this, it was it was sorted out physically. Now uh-huh. now you have to think very differently about it. Okay. So, how often do you get a chance to go and do mountain biking? A lot. I, at the moment, I'm I'm training for a 230 kilometer race, um, which happens in the second week of August. So. I, I'm, I'm really training a lot. I'm on the bike a lot at the moment. But, you know, I, I get I get up at five in, in the most mornings to, to train and mm-hmm. try and get it out of the way. Um, I bought myself an indoor trainer. Now in winter, it's hard to get out when it's yes. dark and it's dangerous to be on the road. So I, I train and I, I get rid of my frustrations. You know, I've taken, a, I've also done a whole lot of other things. You know, I've done Ironman, I've done the Epsa Cape Epic I've done, I've run the Otter Trail Run. Yes. Um, wow. So I've done a whole lot of extreme events, and and it's and it's part of like for me part of the adrenaline and mm. the and the, in a way you know venting your frustrations. Mm, mm. You've also been involved with the Trans Horitz Mountain Bike Race, and the Tour de Kriche. Yeah. So so the Tour de Kriche is like a, is a little. Uh, is a little hobby of mine. Um, you know, I, I I did a mountain bike tour with a whole lot of friends and our kids and wives and everybody together. And I and I realized that that a lot of people are are keen to do a three day mountain bike race, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily fit enough. Yeah. They also they also don't want to ride if it's seventy k's, they don't necessarily want to ride the whole seventy k's. And and if it's and if it's um, if they want to get off, they want to get off, and they, and there's been no cut off, and and so I I started this little journey, chief about six years ago now, mm-hmm. and um, 
it's been a great journey. You know, it's 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 very small. It's forty five um, hand picked um, invited guests, mm-hmm. and we 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 decided to do it in a in a big five game reserve because you know it's not often that you can cycle between um, big five game and and so we so the so it's bunched up ten you know pretty much four bunches of ten mm-hmm. and and you there's a game viewing vehicle in front of you and behind you and what that does it allows you one it doesn't allow the lions or the elephants to get to you but mm-hmm. it also allows you that when you stop at a water uh, at, at one of the water holes that you can get on the vehicle and watch a bit of game ride 10 k's on the game viewing vehicle then get off and go again there's no you don't have to ride the whole thing mm. so that's how the whole thing came about and it really is a very special um race oh not a race but I, I call it a race but it's not a race it's a ride uh-huh. and um it really is a special event for me because there's four or five guys who've who've, who've They've come all the way with me. Every they've come to every single one, but it's nice to have different people there: the businessmen, you know, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. CEOs, top 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 businessmen that come and just have, have a great time. You know, you know, it's very exclusive, so you don't have to eat in a tent with a thousand five hundred other people. You, it's five star accommodation, and you know everything is included in in the fee. So, yeah, I've made it a very special special event for people. Well, it sounds like a great networking opportunity. Yeah, that's that's what we did. You know, we decided to make it a networking opportunity, and also, like, if people want to bring their clients and or potential clients, you know, that's that's wow. that's the idea. So we so we there's a little booklet. Everybody gets a booklet. There's a head and shoulder photos of every person at the, at the event. The um, the first evening when we get together, we go for sundowners first. Um, AWV cracks and gin sponsors the gin, so you you have a, a nice gin sundowner, and then everybody gets together, and then you can in the in the leaflet you can actually see who you want to talk to and who you want to connect with, and it really has been an amazing, amazing journey for me. And this year, I've got a title sponsor for the for for, for the second time, that mm-hmm. um, the Optimum Investment Group have decided to be the title sponsor, so. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to to yeah to this journey with them, you know, because it's 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 an ideal opportunity for you to spoil your clients, mm-hmm. or to network with people that you've always wanted to network with. It's a great opportunity. Well, I think there's definitely room for more events like that. <laughs> yeah, the big the thing is, you're right, you know, because it's so small, it's 45 max people, mm-hmm. you know, it's because it's so small. It, I think the the opportunity is there to to duplicate and do more than one. But for now, it's just one in, in the whole year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I just want to quickly come back to something that I find extremely interesting way back before your rugby days. Your parents mm. who lived in Lusaka sent you to Paul at the age of four. Yes. And you only returned yeah. home to your parents twice a year. I assume yeah. that must have made your mind as strong as an ox. Yeah, you know, it's it's an incredible story, and um, you know, kudos to to my to my parents. You know, I, my, I look at my this year, my son went to 
boarding school in Paul Boys High. And he, he turned 14 while he was there. And it was tough for me to send him an hour away uh-huh. and, and, and only see him on weekends. You know, at the age of four, my, my, my parents, my brothers were already here. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I went a little bit earlier than they did. But, you know, at the age of four, I turned five in, in grade one. So I was two mm-hmm. years too young for my, for my grade. That's so, insane. Um, yeah, and, and, and we only went home every six months. You know, I think it, in the end it really broke my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, she mm-hmm. it broke her heart and, and you know, her, her health didn't um, – it wasn't good for her health, put it that way. And so, so, but they, they, they did what they needed to do to give us an opportunity, you know, and, and it's worked out well, you know, all three of us are, are doing relatively okay in life and, and, and in general, you know, so tough times, you know, also creates, you know, tough people. And, you know, I've been through some very tough times and, and it's made me, very uh, re- resilient in mm. that sense. Yeah. So, what would you describe your toughest times that you've gone through? Those, those early years in in boarding, not not really boarding school. First, staying with 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 people who who, who were prepared to take us into their homes, mm. because Paul Boys Primary didn't have a boarding school. And then, obviously, then going into into boarding school at, at that young age, you know, it, it was tough, and it was you, you had to fight for yourself. You know, you couldn't, you know, moan and cry mm. on other people's shoulders. You had to you had to figure things out for yourself. So, it it was tough, but it was also an incredible journey. You know, and and you look back and you wonder how did I get through that? You know, how. I wonder who looked after me because if I if I got like if my kids had a swimming gala or at an athletics competition or whatever, mm. you know I think, geez I'm I'll try and keep my eye on them all the time and I wonder who 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 they looked after me you know somebody must have had kept an eye on me and made sure that I got to the right events at the right time, so you know they said it takes a village to raise a child and and she's the the Paul the Paul community really must have done a lot of hard work to get the crickets through school. That's true. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, just on a slightly lighter note, um, somebody remarked to me that you must be in touch with your feminine side, that you are involved in the promotional gifts and clothing side, as that is normally reserved for the females. But that's not your only business that you do. <laughs> yeah, I am in touch with my feminine side, that's for sure. <laughs> and have you learned how to say sorry to your wife yet? Uh, many, many years ago. <laughs> I, 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 I figured that out very quickly. Okay. That's that's one of the easier thing to do, things for me to do. Okay, but you haven't started no. in the advertising world. You started with a restaurant with your rugby mates many, many years ago? Yes, so, so while we were playing, we... we at a franchise called Billy the Bums. And it was myself, Robbie Flick, Bobby Skinstead, and Peter Dixon. We had, we had a small share in that. We had a we had this restaurant close to Newlands and we sent the rugby players there. And obviously with the rugby players came a lot of other people. So it was a nice journey. But when we all started going overseas, in the end we decided to sell it. Mm. And um, it was a... Yeah, it was a, a, our first sort of introduction into business, and and since then, lots of ventures, and some of them have worked, some of them 
have gone really badly wrong. Uh-huh. And um, but you always, as an entrepreneur, you're always looking at opportunity. You're looking at what you know, what you can do, and what. So I'm in the I'm in the pr- promotional game, and I'm in the advertising game. So I've got lots of advertising boards around the mm-hmm. country. Um, the three big metros are targeted in in as a as a project for in the townships and mm-hmm. um so literally all the major ta- townships around the b- three big metros in Gauteng, uh KZN and, and the Western Cape and and so I've got advertising boards there digital boards and then a couple on the highways and byways and then the other business I have is the promotional side of the business so it's a very it's a very interesting game you know the one the the promotional business you start at zero every month mm. where at least with the advertising you know if there's a three or six month contract or a one year contract that you've got there's some there's some turnover going on anyway you know mm. so the annuity income is is a is a nicer let's call it an easier business it's never easy but and but the the promotional one is is one that's close to my heart i actually start i actually enjoy looking at at new opportunities looking at coming up with ideas for companies and changing things up because there's your standard promo stuff and then the, you can you can really think out, outside the box and mm. come up with really great ideas so that's what we do we 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 try and be different and we we try and be you know more modern type promotional stuff rather than just a stock standard you know stuff like all the females are doing it yeah so my wife is very involved in that side of the business so um that's the one where i spend a lot of time now because we're really looking to scale it and to 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 build into into a very strong business so we i'm spending a lot of time on it now and and it's um it's exciting because we deal with a lot of great companies who who, who like the way we operate who are very loyal to us and and that's great you know but it you know, loyalty is as, as as good as your your last order that you messed up. You know, so mm-hmm. so we, we we realize that, and 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 we really focus on on being great with our service, but also coming up with great ideas and being being ahead of the game. Mm. Well, what I can see is for brands that you also represent, apart from the standard ones, um, is quite high profile brands. It's not your normal yeah. promotional gifts and clothing yeah, brands. That's something we started about two years ago. You know, I said, if, if you're a great company, why why would you want to be on a, you know, on a no-name brand? Mm. Why, why, you know, if you look at internationally, if you look at motor, motor racing, you know, Porsche and Puma have linked up, you know, the, the different brands, you know, great brands in clothing, team up with other great brands that are not in clothing, you know, that are in motor racing. So I said, I often say to clients, and I said, if you're a great brand, why would you not want to be on a Puma jacket mm. or on a, you know, Puma, we can put your logo on the other side, you know. Mm-hmm. And and guys are starting to warm to that, you know, rather do less but more expensive items than do 10,000 t- no-name T-shirts, you know. Mm. So it's a it's a very interesting game. Mm. Although you don't put your logo next to the Springbok logo, 
that could get no, you into trouble very that quickly. That could get you into trouble, yeah. <laughs> no, the, those, those rules and regulations are very strict. So, they, you know, Nike is the new, the, the new sponsor at, at SA Rugby. So, yeah, you, you don't mess around with that, that's for sure. No, no. I can remember many, many years ago when I was in a promotional business, I, mm. by accident, I didn't know it, um, advertised that you can put your company's logo next to the Springbok logo. On, sure. yeah, yeah, I got a call from SA Rugby, I think, a day later. <laughs> yeah. They were very, no, they're very, very strict, yeah. Yeah, okay. they're very, they're, they're on it. And you have to protect your brand, you know, if like somebody using my brand, you know, mm. it's, it, you have to protect your brand because you, you want it to go in a certain direction and, and somebody else can mess it up for you very quickly. Well, definitely, definitely. But Kuna, something that I would like to know, you've reached so much success as a Springbok rugby player, which is probably every schoolboy's dream. What is your motivation to keep on going and not just to wait for the next public speaking opportunity? You know, I, I started these two businesses and I had partners and I bought them out and, and some of the partners didn't go that well mm -hmm. and others went really well. But I, I think in the end, the drive is that, you know, you need to be busy. You need to keep yourself, let's go up ahead of the game need to upskill your, yourself your brain needs to be busy and and I'm I'm if I was at school in 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 modern day like now I would definitely be diagnosed as ADHD that's for sure because mm -hmm. I can't sit still longer than 10 minutes so I have to do something and I can't trace it I can't concentrate longer than 20 minutes so you know um I think if I had if I had tablets I probably would have done a lot better at school but I I really enjoy the challenges. I enjoy working with people and I enjoy, you know, coming up with new ideas, being creative. And it keeps me, it keeps me thinking about stuff that's positive rather than thinking about, you know, what could have been in my rugby career, what, what mm. opportunities I missed and, and the games I lost, you know, so mm -hmm. it really does. It's really fulfilling for me. Well, I can imagine all those memories of rugby, some can come back to haunt you. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I had some shockers. You know, I had the biggest loss in Springbok history, 53-3 against England um, as a captain. And luckily, Eben Etzebeth's taken that, uh -huh. that monkey off my back. But I also had the biggest win. You know, in my first game um, for the Springboks, I was captain in my first test match. And we won 101-0 against Italy. So... Insane. After many years, I think you start to forget the bad ones and you mm. remember the good ones. Mm. Mm. But yeah, but business is business is challenging and and you know it's never easy. Mm. There's there's always you know things going on. I had a bit of incident like today with my with one of my managers in Joburg. So and then crisis and you got to sort it out and you got to f figure out how you're going to get through it. You know, but you again, as I said to you, if your attitude's right, you know. There are only problems. There are no problems that that are not overcomable. You know, so mm -hmm. you can overcome every every single thing uh, if your attitude's right. Mm. I was actually about to ask you that with all your trials and tribulations, I assume you don't ever get to a point where you want to pack up and go home. Yeah, you know, my rugby career was quite, you know, tough in terms of injuries. I had two massive injuries. One, I missed the World Cup. And 
you know, so I had really big knee injuries and lots of other injuries, broke my jaw and legs and bones and and so so yeah it was my career was also not easy Mm. and but but i always also believe that you don't always have to struggle you know (laughs) they say a a clever guy learns from his mistakes and a wise guy learns from other people's mistakes you know if i'd known that right early on in my career Uh you know in my in my in my business career i would have listened to a lot of other people a lot earlier you know but you know i've been through some some tribulations but in general it's it's been you know business has been good to me and you know when when you think things are are not going to work out you know something happens and lots of blessings put it mm-hmm. that way lots of you know things that i can never take um the credit for you know have happened so yeah i've, I've also been blessed in, in a big way Speaking of being blessed, you are not shy to talk about your relationship with God and the effect that that has had on you. Yeah, you know, it's it's often difficult to talk about it because you don't want to throw it out there and, and, and offend people because, you know, people get very um, easily offended, mm-hmm. if I call it that, yes. these days. But it's, you know, it, it's something that I stand by and that I, I live by. And I'd rather walk the walk than talk the talk, you know. Mm. So if people deal with me, they, I'd like them to see it rather than just hear it. Yeah. Um, and that's the way I live my life. Mm-hmm. Well, I think with everything that goes on, um, yeah, that is important to have that um, on your side. And know that somebody else is there to help you as well. But, um, yeah, I think when it comes to your business, what makes you feel on top of the world? Yeah, I think signing signing a new deal or, or signing up a new customer, a new, a, not a customer, a new, a new client, getting people on board, going out doing presentations that that's the stuff that excites me you know mm-hmm. sorting out the admin in the office um dealing with hr problems mm-hmm. um is not <laughs> is not the great part of business but but like anything in life you know it, you got to take the good with the bad you got to if if you're in business that's hr is part of your business you know and you have to deal with that mm-hmm. so yeah i i enjoy the exciting Parts, their presentations, the, the look, looking for new clients, seeing new clients, presenting to them. I love that. Mm-hmm. That that makes me feel on top of the world. But yeah, as I said, day to day, HR problems, yeah, not 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 really the stuff that I like. <laughs> but like anything, you know, in rugby, I didn't like the injuries, but the injuries is part of rugby. Mm-hmm. It almost reminds me we had. Um, Rainer Christel, the trail runner, and um, yeah, on Expedition Business a couple of episodes ago, and he said it doesn't have to be fun to be fun. It is fun because you decide it is fun. That's very true. And, and you know, what I've also realized over time is that you can find enjoyment in the things that you actually don't like as well. If you just if your attitude's right, mm. and and sometimes you know you're 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 going to really love your work, and sometimes you're going to hate your work. But but 
it doesn't in general you got over over a long period of time you have to you have to love your work you know and mm -hmm. that's the key you know yeah. that you that you enjoy you find enjoyment in what you do and and rather than just you know going through the motions and doing it just because you you need money you know mm -hmm. that that's, that that might be long term is not a great great attitude to have would you see your children joining you in the business one day? Um, possibly in the one, in the one business, possibly. Uh, you know, I'd see it as an opportunity for them to, to start something different, but, but at least have a foundation for them to work from. Because you know, kids, kids, the the modern kids think very differently about things. You know, so my daughter's definitely not gonna, probably not gonna go to the business. But my my two sons might, and the other business, you know, in I'd like to scale it in a big way and then try and sell it. You know, and, you know that's the plan. But you never know mm. how things work out. And for now, it's just head down, knuckle down, do the hard work do the basics right and, and, you know, just try and keep your head above water. What would be your metaphorical mountains that you still want to climb within the next three to five years? Yeah, um, I think the one obviously is, is building this, the one business I have, Seeker Advertising, mm -hmm. um, to building it to a, to a, point where somebody might be interested to buy it. That's a that's an interesting journey that I'm on. Okay. Five year plan. And I've I started about six months ago, you know, with the help of outside with outside company, you know, looking at how all our systems, all our staff, all our operations, all our every we marketing, you know, lead conversion, we're looking at everything. And it's and it's a very, very interesting journey and I've learned so much already. And I look forward to the next two years and and then beyond, you know? So, yeah, I think that's, that's one big mountain. Mm -hmm. And then I've always thought that I'd, I'd like to start coaching somewhere along the way. Um, and I always said when, I'm, when my kids are out of school, then I'll start coaching. And you know, my daughter's in matric this year, and then I've got a grade 10 and a grade 8. So in the next five years, my kids will be out of school. And um, it's, a, it's a scary thought. But, mm. but then, you know, then there's opportunity for me to coach, you know, and, and I'd love to coach. I'd love to at least start somewhere. And, and by the time they're out of school, that, that I can coach, whether it's at a local school, the opportunity maybe to go overseas and coach somewhere, you know, Okay. If I can get my business to a level where it can operate on its own and I can go and live overseas for six months and coach there, do something, do something interesting. But if you go overseas, only for six months at a time, not permanently. Uh, no, I'll never permanently go overseas. I'm very patriotic about South Africa. I really love the country. I love the people. We have, a, we have, we obviously we do have many 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 problems and and crime is obviously the worst of all the all the problems and you know i'm i'm not naive about it but as long as i can stay in this country and make a difference and i'm i'm going to stay here you know and um i'm i'm raising my kids to have that attitude as well you know so rather 
rather stay in a country where 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 you feel comfortable and where where your parents came from mm-hmm. go overseas you know push the boundaries go out you know broaden your horizons do what you need to do but you mustn't just want to immigrate you know because if that's your attitude then this place is never going to be good enough you know and I've seen so many people immigrate and go to Australia, New Zealand, wherever, and then they're not that happy. They're not not as happy as they thought they'd be. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather try and, you know, make a difference where I am in my community, make a difference and 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 live in an area where they are really like and, and with, with the same same cultured people, the same sort of people who have the same mindset and, and and it is an unbelievable country. You know, I've traveled all over the world and I've never seen a place that I go, wow, I'd rather live here than in South Africa. Mm. I, I imagine that a lot of your friends that went to Australia and New Zealand, some of them came back as well. Yeah, those that can afford to come back. Mm. Some of them can't afford to come back. You know, if you pack up and sell everything, you know, it's it's very hard to come back, you know, so... Yeah, some of them have, are back, and and I, I didn't want to say I told you so, but <laughs> you know, I've tra- as I said, I've travelled all over the world. You know, especially Australia and New Zealand, I've travelled many, many times, mm. and I can yeah, and yes, they're beautiful. There's some places I could stay for a couple of weeks, months, but not, nowhere that I could really say, "Geez, this is a place I'd really like to settle my whole family." You know, so. Mm. We, we put it this way: I've raised very patriotic children. Okay. <laughs> okay. So they don't want to go overseas one day. Well, they want to go and have a look. I mean, we've taken them once, twice. We've taken them twice to go overseas, mm-hmm. and th- they love the sea. They love the nature, and and therefore, you know, the the opportunity here is. I mean, where where else can you see these beautiful beaches, mm-hmm. and and have this have the weather that we have for eight months of the year? You know, we have we've had a very cold, bad winter this year for the first time in many years, but in general the weather is just fantastic. You know, so yeah, yeah. I think I, my kids want to go overseas and and spend some time there, but none of them have indicated that they'd like to go and not come back. Mm. Gonna just quickly, you've mentioned earlier that you have made a bit of mistakes in business. Um, let's leave rugby for now, but since you started mm. your business, if you could have started over again, what would you have done differently? Yeah, it's difficult. You know, you got to pick your business partners correctly. I, I, my first mistake was was was. You know, you know, in a way, the partner picked me. But the thing is, you you got to if you have a partner, you got to be a hundred percent sure that everything is in order, that your your um, shareholders' agreements are in place. You know, all that sort of stuff. You know, and and so I, so I burnt very early on in on that side. So that's the one mistake that I made. And then the other mistake I made is that I had an idea and and. It was backed by a big company, and I went huge. And in the end, that company got bought out by another company, and 
you know, the whole project fell apart and I'm still sitting with the, um, with the broken pieces, if I can mm. call it that, you mm. know, so, so going too big, too early on a, on a, on a deal, you know, it backfired a bit in my face. So, you know, that's how you learn, you know, if you ask any big corporate, corporate company there, you know, not, not one of their clients is bigger than let's call it 20%, you know, mm. That was the, that company was sixty percent of my whole business, so you know you learn these lessons along the way. You know that you spread your risk here. More, more clients with smaller, um, with smaller budgets than you have one big client. You know who, who dominates your whole business, and if something goes wrong and they go, they they get bought out by another international company, and then it's game over for you. you know? So mm. Mm. yeah, it was a it was a. It was a very interesting journey, but, but also a tough one. But it's those that you actually have to go through to learn. You can't learn that in textbooks. Yeah, you, you probably can learn it in textbooks that they do write it, but I don't read that well. So <laughs> I I'm, not mad, I'm, not, I'm not mad about reading. I started reading you know, about six years ago. I started reading uh, books um, mm -hmm. and and no fiction I, I i really because i don't enjoy reading that much i really have to find a book that really like nails me down from the from the beginning you know that it's something that i'm interested in and i always look at uplifting you know business books that can that i can learn something because because if i don't learn something or if i don't take lessons out of the book then i'm not interested you know so that's yeah, quite tough for me and it's a waste of time <clears throat> but what would be some of the titles that you would recommend that grabbed you? Yeah, I like Robin Sharma and Malcolm Gladwell, their books. So so the, the Monk Who This Ferrari is one of my all-time favorites. Okay. And then David and Goliath yes. was another one that I really enjoyed. Um, but as I said, you know, it's books that I can take lessons from, you mm. know, you know. And in the in the monk who sold his Ferrari, he spoke about a lighthouse, and we all have a lighthouse in our lives. So that that's that one massive goal, dream, where you want to be one day, you know. And mm. and he's, I really liked is that he said, when the light shines your way, you must never. So with the lighthouse, when the light shines away from you, you that goal's not so clear. But when it shines your way, you must never forget to pick up the diamonds. And I, and picking up the diamonds is actually like celebrating the small milestones you have mm. all the way to that goal. If it's if it's just one big slog and it's 20 years away and, you know, day to day, how are you going to keep yourself motivated if, if that goal is 20 years away? You know, mm -hmm. it just, it's just one of those things. So, yeah, so I've learned in life to celebrate the small things, um, small little victories, um, family victories. Mm. And, you know, I really, I really believe that over time, I've learned that success in one area of your life doesn't make you successful. You know, I was a successful rugby player, mm. but that doesn't make me a successful person. You know, and it, there's a lot more to success than just one area of your life. So it's you know, it's your health, it's your family, it's your friends, it's your your spirit, and then obviously your your work. You know, so I really try and be be balanced whenever I can. Okay, but saying that you might not be successful um, 
don't you find that you tend to be too hard on yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm relatively hard on myself, but I think you can also not to be too soft on yourself in a way, you know, you, um, I would have liked to be more successful in business by now, but I've, but I've, I've learned to live with the fact that not everybody is a, not every Springbok player who comes out of rugby becomes a Springbok in business. And I've made peace with it. You know, I'm, I'm relatively successful and I'm, and I'm happy with where I am and I try my best. I work as hard as I can. I try and make a difference where I can. I try and work as well as I can with my staff. I look after my staff. You know, I pay them what what they're worth. I don't pay them what they what they um, what the government says I have to pay them. I pay okay. them what they're worth. And and so I really, in a way, you know, you 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 you've got this opportunity to make a difference in other people's lives. You know, so I've got all these salaries that I have to pay at, on the 25th of every month, and and I. I pay them what they what they deserve, and I look after them as well as I can. And when things go wrong, then you know I am also tough. You know I'm I'm tough when it comes to people haven't done their work. Mm-hmm. When things, when when people take my good let's call it goodwill and mm-hmm. for granted and 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 abuse it, you know mm-hmm. then I then I get very angry. You know? So, um, but you don't but hate I, them. but. <laughs> no, not yet. I haven't done. I haven't done it yet. It's eighteen years in business now, so yeah, not yet. So no time. So I think out. in eighteen years. Yeah. So no, no time. Out. No yellow cards yet. <laughs> but you've mentioned making a difference a couple of times. Apart from looking after your staff, is there anything else that you're involved in or want to be involved in? Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, I'm involved with the Laureus Foundation. I'm a Laureus ambassador, mm-hmm. and it, it gives me an opportunity to give back to society. It gives it gives me an opportunity to give back and, and to make a difference on a, on a sporting level, you know, where the Laureus Foundation looks after people, kids mostly, but you're changing people's lives through sport. That's what the foundation is all about, you know, and it's an amazing organization and they've got so many um, opportunities for us to, to get involved in. You know, one of the one of the charities that they support is uh, Waves for Change because my kids love the sea. I've started to get into the sea and started surfing. Okay. And so we all love the sea. And Waves for Change is in Musenberg and that, and they, they get kids out of the townships and they, they teach them how to surf. And with that, you know, they take him out of the trauma that they are and they get him into the sea. And I always say to people, you know, uh, I can run and I can think of work and family and I can stress while I'm running. Mm. If I'm on my mountain bike and it's not a very technical road, I can ride and think about business and family and, you know, my, my family in Zambia. I can think about everything. But mm. when you're in the sea, when, you, when you're in the surf, one, the water in the Western Cape is flipping cold. Uh-huh. So you, you, when you put your head under that first wave, everything's gone. You realize that there's a fear factor that, not a fear factor, but there's a danger factor that you've got to consider. Mm. You've got to focus on the next wave. You've got to be, you've got to be in the zone. You know, mm. it's like in yoga, they say you've got to be on the, on the mat. Mm. And um, 
on the on the surfboard you there's nothing else you think about but just the next wave which is which is so so good for 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 the soul you know mm. and that's why i really love you know it's probably one of my favorite charities that the kids can get into the sea and just forget about everything the trauma down you know so yeah so i i try and give back where i can i try and make a difference in my community and uh i've I've been lately. I've been too very busy, but also a bit lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do once. A, usually, I do my, once a month. Uh, uh, neighborhood watch patrol um, okay. from eight to eleven. Yeah. You know, because you can't compla- complain about crime if you don't get involved in in crime crime prevention. You know, so yeah. So I try and I always try and make a difference rather than rather than complain. And set an example wherever you go. Because people do watch exactly. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So, so that I heard somebody once said to me, "So your kids will do what you do, and they won't do what you say." Uh huh. And that's a very scary thought, but it is so true. You know, they watch what you're doing all the time. They're watching what you're doing. So, I try and set an example, and I've and I and I've I've failed miserably in many times, and then it's like okay. Get everybody together and say, kids, you know, that's not the example I wanted to set. Um, but I'm going to try and be better next time, you know. And nobody is perfect. So you, once you realize that and you can apologize and carry on, you know, then life gets a bit easier, but easier for you. Mm-hmm. It almost reminds me to, in the beginning, we spoke about apologizing to your wife that you learned on very, very early in yeah. your marriage, um, but learning how to apologize, yeah, makes a massive, massive difference. It does, uh, but, but you know, it gets difficult when you have to apologize for the same thing, you know, mm. five times in a month. And uh-huh. you say, like, you've got to start, you've got to start, start figuring it out. So, um, no, but it is, you're right. You, you know, it's, she's also not perfect. She also makes mistakes. She also loses her cool. She also says things that she doesn't need to say. And it's the same in a marriage. You know, it, both, it goes both ways. So the sooner you realize that it's it's okay to apologize and admit that you're wrong, mm-hmm. you know, the, the easier, I said, things become. Mm-hmm. Something that I find quite interesting at some point you said that overriding rule of rugby is that rugby is a game that should be played by people of all shapes and sizes but that's sort of also true for life and for marriage and for everything you do there's a space for everyone no matter your shape or size yeah that's that makes rugby very interesting and it's not not a lot of people know that that the overriding rule of rugby, if they change any rules in the scrum, in the line-out, wherever, it always comes back to the fact, will this change the overriding rule, which is rugby should be a, a game played by people of all shapes and sizes. And you know that people with different shapes and di- different sizes have different personalities, you know? Big fat kids have got a different personality to a small skinny kid, you know? and and. So, so all those different personalities make rugby a very, very interesting game because if you're pretty much the same size and and the same build, often with that comes pretty much this similar type of of, of personalities, you know. So, mm. it was interesting managing 
15 players with very different shapes and sizes and attitudes and uh, um, anger issues, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was really I I enjoyed that part of part of it. But you're 100% right. There's no difference between that. Life is exactly the same mm. because that team of rugby players is also in the community mm-hmm. around you. You know, so dealing with, with those different personalities, understanding where it comes from and and handling those pressure situations or, the, or those conflict situations is actually part of life. And that's also the situation in your company, in everybody's company. People are there from all yeah. shapes and sizes. And yeah. that's okay. And Yeah. And different personalities, and that's what, that's what makes us strong. You know, I said to somebody the other day, if you look at if you look at the All Blacks, they all pretty much from a similar background. They're all pretty much f- similar religion, pretty much all the same. You know, in in their upbringing and their culture. Mm. And if you look at us, if you look at the South African team, boy, we're very different. Mm-hmm. So it's harder. It's easier for them to get together, but and definitely harder for us to get together because and to get them to work as a team. But but boy, when we get it right, we are unbelievable. You know, we, we we're incredibly difficult to play against when we get it right because of the different cultures and mm. and religions and races and whatever you can find. You mm. know, mm. and 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 that's that's our. Our strength lies in our in our in our adversity, it, like in our in the way we're different. You know, mm. that's our strength. Mm. And we have we have different things to play for. You know, that's what makes it very difficult to play against us. We're a we're a very diverse um, society. Absolutely, it almost rem- mm. um, reminds me of somebody once asked Siakolisi that he dream of being a Springbok one day, and he said no, he just dreamt of having food to eat. Yeah, yeah, and and <laughs> I, I I'll never forget when he said that it was at the end of the World Cup final, and and what a what a humbling thing to say, you know, because if you, if you think about it, people people in England who wouldn't understand his situation would go, wow, I never thought about that, you know, mm-hmm. he never had. In in his earlier days, you know, as a kid growing up in a township, you know, how can you dream about winning the World Cup? You just mm-hmm. you just wonder where you, where your next plate of food's going to come from. Mm-hmm. That's the basics, you know. And that's what I said to you earlier. As I said, people don't understand when they play against us. They play against people who have been through things that they can never imagine, and and they're all playing for each other and they're playing for. Their families, they're playing for you know lost family members. There's there's so much to play for that that the Springbok emblem is just another one of them. Mm-hmm. While you are saying that, I'm thinking that if a Springboks can come together from all these diverse backgrounds and they make it work most of the time, um, it is also an example for. South Africa is a country with all the challenges that it is possible to make things work. Yeah, in South Africa, in South Africa, we need role models, you know, and and 
circle is an unbelievable role model. I look at my I look at my own son. He, he's into bodyboarding, uh-huh. and and we had no idea what bodyboarding was. And he started doing bodyboarding, and he's got he's, he's very good in what he does. But the little village that we live in, Malpo Strand, um, two world champions have come from here. Okay. So for him, he he surfs on the waves that these guys grew up on. And he believes that he can be a world champion. So, so all it does is it puts things into perspective. It puts things. It makes it doable when somebody comes from your background and has gone through the same things as you've gone through. It makes it doable, you know. And and I think that's why Sia Khaleesi is such an inspirational person. But for many, many millions of 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 kids who grow up in similar situations, that they that they can believe, that they they can get out of there, they can get out of where they are, they can become this mibakata because here Khaleesi's done it, mm. you know, and that's that inspirational message is is one that people underestimate how how big it is in our country. Mm-hmm. It almost reminds me about the whole placebo effect that if you think it's yeah. going to help you, it will help you. It will, yeah, for sure. I love the placebo story. Uh, why would that be? No, just because um, it just shows us how strong our minds are, and that you know we we really we we dominated by our minds, not by our physical ability. You know, and um, so placebo just said to the nurses in in the, I think it was the Second World War. He said, you know, when the pain medicine was was gone. He said to the nurses, give them anything. So they give them anything and um, better, mm. you know, because they believe that whatever they gave them, they would work. And that's where the placebo effect comes from. So it's a very interesting story. That. So if we just continue to believe it is possible, it will become possible with action. Yeah, with action and blood, sweat and tears, you know, nothing comes easier. I, I really believe that, you know, you know, winning the lotto comes easy, but it, <laughs> that's just about anything, you know, that's, mm. that's the only thing, one of the, one of the only things, you know, the rest, if you want to do well in anything, it takes a lot of time, hard work, the 10,000 hour principle, and um, it takes sacrifice, you know, and it's, it's, it's about how much you're prepared to sacrifice. Mm. I think in your biography that you released a couple of years ago, you've mentioned 12 years of blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, that's that's what it was. You know, it, it, in rugby, there's lots of blood, a lot mm-hmm. of sweat, and a lot of tears. You know, um, tears of joy and satisfaction, but also tears of, of you know, disappointment, you know, mm. losing, losing by the biggest margin in Springbok history when you're playing for the Springboks, you know, it comes with a lot of emotion, you know, mm. it, and and that's not what you planned and that's not what you wanted. Mm. You, you tried your best, but it still happened under your watch and, and things happened under my watch and, and then you take responsibility and you move on. You know, you can't just, you can't just sit back and go, oh, it's the end of the world. I'm, I feel sorry for myself. Mm. Yeah.
doesn't help you feel sorry for yourself. No, no. But moving on is not easy. How do you get over times like that, apart from getting on your bicycle? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think a self-belief, a, a continuous self-belief that you can overcome whatever comes your way. And then obviously religion is a part of that, you know, being being calm about the fact and not, you know, really getting too excited. And then having a plan, you know, you know, putting certain targets out there and, and saying, okay, that's that's where I'm aiming next, you know, that's where I'm going. And, you know, start again, get back on the horse. Okay. Would that be your parting message? To all the entrepreneurs out in South Africa? Yeah, I think it's a, you know one of many parting messages. But I think the the key is uh, that there are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be highs and lows. But in the end, if 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 you just stick stick with what you what you're doing and really believe in yourself and have a very strong support team, you know, having a strong supportive wife and and kids who who know everything and who, who who understand that it's tough at times and at times it's really great. You know, that really makes a difference.